Unplaced Chapter 7 Resolute Those things are killing people, right? That's the only logical conclusion, right? I I guess it could be just a freak accident, it could be a one-time thing. Do, do I want to wait and find out? Do I want... More people could die. Fuck, why does this have to be my problem? Because I don't know if anyone else will make it theirs, I guess. I don't know if anyone can. God, no wonder that woman ran away when she saw me. The only one who could see me. If this is the stuff that happens in this invisible underworld, maybe she knows better than to interact with anyone. Or anything. Of course... I don't know if making this my problem, if, if borrowing this trouble, if it's if it's gonna do anything. And the last time I tried to take even one of those things on alone, it it mauled me, and my my hand is still not the same a month later. Am I gonna make myself an invisible martyr that no one's even going to remember? Are you a martyr if nobody remembers you? Probably not, right? I digress. It's not the point. Not the point. I don't know. I don't even know if any of this is real. If it's not real, what do I have to lose? If it's not real, I've already lost it. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Uh, If it's real... Through all of this, I've just... I've assumed that something unexplainable is going on. That... I'm not losing it, but at this point, I don't know. I don't. I'm trying to continue working off that assumption, but it's hard, you know? I didn't realize how lonely I was until that woman looked at me and she saw me and her eyes didn't slide over me like a boring department store display. If I'm that lonely, so much so that something as simple as someone looking at me makes me flip shit, Who's to say I'm not dithering to myself in a room somewhere, or that I'm not hallucinating all of this? I don't know anymore. I don't know what's real and what's not, because all of this is so weird. It shouldn't be real, but it feels real, and that... that makes it hard to think straight. When you genuinely don't know what's real and what's not, it gives... It makes the ground you're standing on unsteady. It's like... It's like when you've been on a boat long enough that you get used to the tiny movements, and and when you're on land and you can't tell whether something is actually moving or not because it feels like everything should be moving. Oh god, that doesn't make sense. I'm, I'm babbling. Which is probably not a super convincing argument to support the No really, I promise I'm not barely clinging to reality by my fingernails theory. So, okay. When I was a kid, when I was, uh, I don't know, 13 or 14, in middle school, I was friends with this girl who was really cool. You know how kids are. Kids can be mean, and this girl... I don't know why I wanted her to like me so much. Anyways... Me and this other girl, we were friends with the first girl, even though she was a hateful, ignorant little brat. And my other friend, the not-mean girl, let's call her Lucinda, was kind of 
odd. Not anything harmful, just a little different than everyone else. Dressed a little different, acted a little different, not quite in sync. And and one time, the mean girl went off at Lucinda. She told her she was annoying, that nobody wanted to be around her, talked to her, that she didn't have any friends, really ripped into her. And I heard the whole thing. I don't remember if I was standing right there or a few feet away at my locker. Either way, I heard it, and I didn't say anything. I stood there, and I watched this mean girl who wasn't even worth my time tear into Lucinda for things that weren't her fault, that she had no control over, and I didn't say anything. We had class together afterwards. When she sat back down at her desk, she'd clearly been crying. There was no hiding it from anyone, and I knew why and I didn't know what to say and I had already been a coward when it was actually happening and I had nothing to do except give her this half-assed I'm sorry sort of smile. I know I was only a kid but ever since then I've been trying not to be that person. I don't want to be that person that watches someone else in pain and doesn't do anything to help. I hate that I did that even once in my life. I hate that. I remember how that felt before, and I still... I still wish I'd done something. So yeah, I'm gonna do it. I'm, I'm going to do something. I don't know what. I'm nothing even close to resembling a plan right now, and I don't even know how to get closer to having a plan. I'm still not entirely sure I'm not insane, but even if I am, I'm gonna play by the rules of this wacky party universe I'm stuck in, and I'm going to fight back. <sighs> okay. Let's go back to what we know again. The monsters are bad. Hematite hurts them, but not enough to keep them from making their host to commit suicide, I guess. Hematite also doesn't hurt them enough to protect a dumbass who punches them with a fistful of it and keeps said dumbass from getting their hand burned to shit. That's not a lot, but it's not nothing. Why would Hematite hurt them? What's special about Hematite? It's magnetic. Maybe they don't like strong magnets. Okay, let's try that. Magnet Protection NSA proposes a magnetic shield to protect Mars's atmosphere. Not quite. How tiny a magnet could produce a force field big enough to... No. EMF Personal Protection Magnet. Really? <sighs> Magnetism might be the wrong tree to bark up. Although, who knows? Maybe the brain leeches have an electromagnetic field and hematite disrupts it. <laughs> electromagnetic brain leeches is the name of my mindless self-indulgence cover band. What else? It's probably not the red pigment, right? That doesn't make any sense. Iron... Hematite is iron ore. Let's see. Iron production gets me... The Iron Protection Group? Probably not what I want. How about... Iron Protection Monster? Iron and... 
folklore. Paranormal protection with iron and silver? This looks much more like barking up the right tree. Iron is historically believed to repel, contain, or harm ghosts, fairies, witches, and other malevolent supernatural creatures. This belief continued into late superstitions in a number of forms, including nailing an iron horseshoe to a door to repel evil spirits, surrounding a cemetery with an iron fence to contain the souls of the dead, and burying an iron knife under the entrance to a home to keep witches from entering. Of course I wound up reading about witches and spirits. I mean, that's only a hop, skip, and a jump away from psychics, and we're already dealing with monsters, so why not? I suppose it's better than space aliens. Okay, it didn't like hematite because it's an iron ore, and iron is apparently like a big old can of raid to evil spirits. I'm not sure that explains why the hematite didn't entirely protect me. Maybe because it's not purified iron. Or maybe with these things, iron can hurt them, but isn't enough to actually kill them. And that's what I need to do. I need to figure out how to kill these things so they can't hurt anyone else. That woman on the bridge, she looked... Her eyes, they looked dead. There was someone in there. I saw it. I saw the spark when I called out to her. When I... When I saw her and talked to her. I think she knew I did see the monster, somehow. Maybe she saw me look at it when I was talking to her. Saw my eyes flicker to that disgusting, pulsing mass. When she realized I could see it, hope flared in her eyes. I, I saw a light that wasn't there a second before. I swear I did, but, but it wasn't enough. She didn't have control anymore. She was just an empty husk. I have to figure out how to stop these things before they do that to another person. If that means spending a few hours poking around badly designed sites about spirits and ghost binding, then so be it. Actually, wait a minute. Ghost binding? Maybe that could come in handy. Which page did I see that again? Hold on, let me find it. I think I have a plan. Whether it's going to work or not, that's another story entirely. On the bright side, if it doesn't work, I won't have to have any more existential crises about my purpose as an invisible citizen existing in this weird-ass post-apocalyptic world of one. Anyways, I've got to go get some supplies. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Unplaced. If you're liking it so far, we'd appreciate it if you rated and reviewed it iTunes or in your podcatcher of choice, or just told a friend about it. You can find us around the web at Unplaced Podcast on Tumblr, Twitter, and Instagram, or at unplacedpodcast.com. 
Our first season comes to a close after the next episode, and we'd like to do a Q&A episode after the season ends. So if you have any questions you'd like to see answered by me, Cole, or Brenton, feel free to reach out via one of those social networks or send me an email at michelle at bombshell.com. That's B-O-M-B-C-H-E-L-L-E.com. That will be in the description. If you want to get behind-the-scenes content and sneak peeks on Unplaced and other projects, you can do that at patreon.com slash shellshockstudios with shell spelled like Michelle. Link in description. The narrator is Cole Burkhart. You can find them on Twitter at KingColeMiner or on their actual play podcast, Blue Dawn. They also have a coffee page at ko-fi.com slash kingcole where you can support them. The writer and creator is me, Michelle McElliason. You can find me on Twitter at underscore shellshock and find a rundown of my other projects at michellemcelliason.com. The audio editing, sound design, and music is by Brendan Hutchins from Podcast Advocate. You can find him on Twitter at podcastadvocate or at podcastadvocate.network. The soundtrack for Unplaced will be available when the last episode drops for pay what you can on Bandcamp, so keep an eye out for that. The next episode drops January 5th. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening. Sorry if any of this sounds weird. I have been up since four in the morning and it's a lot. (laughs) Thanks for being here. Bye.